This is our podcast song. It isn't very long. <laughs> I like always laugh at that. Hi, Sarah. I also always laugh at it. Hi, Christina. (laughs) Thanks for being here on Laughing with Gingers with me. Are you ready to laugh today? I am so ready. Welcome to Laughing with Gingers. It's a podcast where two feisty redheads with loud laughs share stories, crazy stories, wait, share stories, play crazy games, spread (laughs) silliness, and joy everywhere. (laughs) Wow, we're really starting this off great. (laughs) I know. We may need to put the time machine in, in place and uh, <laughs> redo. <laughs> that boisterous little voice over there is my partner in crime on the Laughing with Gingers podcast, Christina Curry. And that is Sarah Alipin, aka Prankster Monk, and my co host on Laughing with Gingers. And today, uh, this episode is all about. Translation flubs. Oh my gosh. So I don't know what you have, but what I was researching and laughing at is um, let me just maybe tell you. Um, mis- it's like mistranslations that were like a mistake and turned into just sticking into society and staying the same. What do you okay. have? Do you, do you have the that- same thing I have? That is not what I have. So when we were – before we started this, we were talking about it. And I was like, we need to have this conversation on the podcast. Um, <laughs> and I just have really unfortunate translations that are directed toward American tourists. <laughs> oh, my God. We This is incredible. Like we are what? In season three, episode eight or eight, I think. And – Every time we run off, we know the subject, we run off, we do our little research and we come back and we never overlap with the information that we gather. And it's, we're on a streak. We're on a season three, episode eight streak. And I love it. I am shocked that we never overlap. I always think you're going to be looking at the same thing because I was laughing my ass off. Like this is going to be for me, I think this might be the same level of laughter as the um, the reviews episode. Where oh, <laughs> Lord. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> it was so bad. <gasps> there are so many. This is, and this is for me, you know, this is like I travel a ton so in normal times. Um, and like my husband speaks another la- uh, at least one other language kind of kind of three other languages um i speak um two languages can understand a third um so we you know are not always the embarrassing tourists but everybody accommodates americans with mm. like translations which is the craziest mm-hmm. to me like mm-hmm. that you know they will miss out on business if they do not accommodate us because we do not speak other languages in America. So um, tradi- that is not that is a very blanket statement, but that is the <laughs> mentality of a lot of people in the tourism industry. Yeah, <laughs> they need to accommodate us. So uh, I have a bunch of flubs, like real, true flubs. Oh my god! Yeah, we definitely both went in a different direction because I found mistranslations that stuck in society. So. I cannot believe it, and I cannot wait to learn about them. Yeah. I don't have a game this week, though. I just have really freaking funny stuff. <laughs> that's okay. Well, I don't have a game this week either, and that's okay. Some weeks, maybe we don't have a game. I do have a fun fact. Lay so, it on me. There's an actual International Translation Day, which is celebrated on September 30th. It's the feast day of St. Jerome, the patron saint of translators, who is known for being among the first in history to translate the Bible from Greek into Latin. Boom. Well, then. Fun fact done. <laughs> uh, we probably should have planned this and dropped it that week, but that's okay. I know. We're just celebrating early. <laughs> uh, super early. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh God. Yeah, we never plan the weird days of whatever's right. You know? No. Like pickle day, like, international pickle day or whatever. We didn't plan that one. Yeah. We are not no. that well orchestrated. We just that's just too detailed. We can't be bothered with that. Yeah, we're laughing with gingers, not organization with gingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, okay, well, let's let's like you want to start us off with some super weird translations into English? Uh, sure. In China, a restaurant had a huge sign printed that says, um, our food is guaranteed not to cause pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> say okay so uh the owner attempted to translate the chinese word for english uh chinese word for restaurant into english but the machine translation produced an error not knowing the difference the restaurant printed the error out <laughs> in so english and supposed to read <laughs> i don't know um something about restaurant I don't know. <laughs> Not pregnancy. <laughs> I have a picture so Liz can put it on our Instagram. <laughs> Yay. <sighs> um in in another very similar one, um in Norway there's a cocktail lounge with a sign that reads ladies are requested not to have children in the bar. <laughs> Take your birthing out the front door, please. <laughs> Squat down right outside. There's a birthing station. <laughs> we don't need that nonsense in here. <laughs> and then you can come back in and finish your cocktail. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. <laughs> Um, do you want to lay some on me or you want me to keep going? Give me give me one more. Give me one more. All right. There is a hotel in Acapulco that says the <laughs> The manager has Oh my god, we're never gonna get there. <laughs> The manager has personally passed all the waters <laughs> served here. Wait, what? sorry. Let me say it again. The manager has personally passed all the waters served here, as in, oh. <laughs> as in urinated all the waters. <laughs> what are they trying to say? Don't understand. <laughs> What do you? <laughs> the manager has personally <laughs> passed. I know, but the- like I'm trying to word it of how they're trying to say it. I mean, maybe they're trying to say that it's past his like uh, standard check or whatever. Oh, or they missed a few something. words there. Yeah, a few keywords. <laughs> <laughs> He's personally peed in all the pictures. Man who must drink so much water to pass that much water through. Oh my God. <laughs> oh Jesus. All right. It's gonna be a lot of laughing on this one. I I'm I'm already crying. She's got the like the the giggle the giggle bone. Mm-hmm. Are you drinking hard liquor right now? I am drinking a rosé. Oh. Because we are rosé hair. Oh. I'm uh, not drinking any alcoholic beverage right now. Producer Liz is drinking a super tiny Producer Liz sized <laughs> watermelon margarita. <laughs> It in is honor a tiny of you girls, I'm drinking in honor of me because I'm tiny. I have tiny glasses, <laughs> and it's a drink that's red, <laughs> and it has little tiny red uh, ladybugs on it. Just it's for so you, girls. cute, so cute. <laughs> I love it. 
Remember the time producer Liz sent us a picture of the beer she was drinking and it was non-alcoholic? <laughs> what? I don't you remember you that. Girls, you, you girls are like sending pictures or talking about you guys drinking alcohol for the day, for, you know, for the <laughs> evening. And I was like, all right, I'm going to open up a beer too. And I show you guys a picture and Sarah's like, um, you know, that says non-alcoholic. And I was like, son of a gun. I did not notice that. <laughs> She's like, I'm really enjoying my beer. That happened to me. That happened to me. I bought a six pack of Heineken's and I'm like, I need to boil some shrimp. So I'm like, Heineken be great. I'm going to boil some shrimp. Um, and we're but like shrimp's boiling. I'm like, I'm just going to crack open a Heineken and then enjoy this. And we had a friend over and I'm like almost done with the beer. And my friend turns to me. He's like, yeah, so you know, that's non-alcoholic, right? And I'm like, what? No. <laughs> what a waste of calories. <laughs> Which you know what makes me really upset because when I was pregnant, there was like it was almost non-existent. Oh yeah, yeah, like non-alcoholic beers and beverages were like you had one or two to choose from, and they were both disgusting. And now there's so many, and they're so good. And I just, you know, I think I got pregnant a little too soon. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. I think you did. You were too early. Should have waited a few <laughs> more years. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not sad that there's a spider catcher in in uh, in your house. <laughs> That's true. Anora's I am a not really good yet. spider She's catcher. So good. She <laughs> caught two big ones yesterday too. Oh, last night. Oh my god, she's they so were ginormous. <laughs> oh my god, you're gonna have to put a you're gonna have to put a story on our Instagram so our listeners can see it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, okay. of her catching bugs. Okay. So my mom, oh. hold on, really fast. Sorry. Got to no. get this totally out though because fine. my mom shamed me on the podcast and she deserves to be shamed. <laughs> my mom and my godmother for eight years drank the TGI Fridays margarita mix and thought that that had alcohol in it. <gasps> so then they would be like, oh, I've had two. I'm a little tipsy. And then they would start like laughing more. And then, Miss Carolyn's daughter came over, who was a bartender at the time, and was like, "Mom, where's your where's your tequila?" And she's like, "It's in there." Oh, and she's like, "There's no alcohol in this." My God, for eight years oh, they were placebo oh, affecting my themselves. God. <laughs> placebo affecting themselves. <laughs> Take that. <Seriously>. Mom. <laughs> That was one of their favorite things to laugh about. They used to tell that story all the time. They placebo affected themselves. <laughs> all right, Christina, you're up. My story's okay. done. Thank you for humoring me. Okay, you're welcome. I can totally see your mom doing that too. Okay. Um. All right, this little tidbit is called the glass slipper. So, of all different versions of Cinderella's fairy tale story, the version best known to many people today is probably the one written by French author Charles Perrault. <laughs> Whatever. Perrault, dating from 1697. Why I don't know why I picked these things where I can't pronounce anything. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Ask me before it starts because I – don't speak French, but I know how to pronounce a lot of things. Here's the problem, though. I'll ask you. You'll tell me, and I will try to say it right. Maybe I will say it right, and then I'll completely forget by the time it comes around time to say yeah, it. Yeah, it's the 50-50-90 rule where you're just <laughs> destined to fail. So anyway, Dating from 1697 is the first version of Cinderella's story to make a reference to the glass slipper. But some scholars including in the Oxford English Dictionary, have questioned re- whether this was indeed his original intent. So instead, it has been suggested that the original text likes, likely made reference to literally squirrel fur slipper, not glass slipper, which the handsome prince then used to identify his beloved with a squirrel 
squirrel for slipper. But because the the way it's pronounced in French, it's almost the same and it's almost spelled the same and it's so similar that the original text was actually mistranslated into English and has never been corrected. Okay, I will ask Philippe when we get off of this to say squirrel and glass. <laughs> yeah, it's so the French the French word for glass, like glass slipper is Pantoufle and vere, v e r r e, and the one for squirrel fur slipper is n v a i r. So it's v e r r e or v a i r. Does that make sense? I will ask him to say both of them, and we'll I'll record it and send it to you all. (laughs) Squirrel fur slipper or glass? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Can you imagine this story? Being about her lost squirrel fur slipper. Well, I always thought, how could she cut it without her feet sweating and fogging up that slipper? And then, like, getting so slippery. Like, and imagine the weight of the heel. It would, like, if it wasn't too tight, it would fall off and just keep hitting the ground with the glass. And, I mean, the logistics of a glass slipper are not great. No. And, like, you might chip it, you might break it, and then your feet get all cut up. It's, it oh, doesn't seem good. You could slip in water. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's no traction really on a glass slipper. I mean, no. it would be really like you'd have to put a rubber sole on that thing. You And maybe and inside too to like lock it in place. Yeah. I mean, it, it would need an ankle strap for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Like at, at best. Yeah. Um, but, you know, people in the disco era – it, from cartoons that I've seen, have used to have a uh, the glass, or I think that was uh, what is that called, lucite, um, with the fish inside. Oh yeah, and I always wondered how they fed those poor fish. I know, actually, they probably just died, and the shoe was useless. It makes me feel really sad. It's I not know. Good. That I mean, abuse. All, like, how long can that poor? fish live in the shoe like not what's your be- what's your return on investment here like how many days do you get to wear that shoe i don't also, know also the amount of poop that could be floating in uh, there it's, yeah and it's just like a horrible way for the fish to slowly die it's not good <laughs> not good i mean i used to have like jelly shoes those are sort of glass oh i still have jellies <laughs> yeah there you go My jellies are currently the pee shoes for taking my dog out in the backyard because I can hose them off and it's not a problem. Super easy. Hey, jellies are great. Jellies are great. (laughs) (laughs) They really are. Crocs actually makes one heck of a jelly. Oh, look at that. Those are the only Crocs I own, but boy, do they make a nice jelly that that works as an alternative to flip-flops for your beach shoes. Perfect. Um... Anyway, so do you have a couple of things for me? I sure do. (laughs) This is in a car rental brochure in Tokyo. Ooh. When passenger of foot heave into sight, tootle the horn. Trumpet him melodiously at first, but if he still obstacles your passage, then tootle him with vigor. (laughs) Oh, I can't even tell you what I'm picturing. <laughs> like, it's such a different experience than honk the horn when you say toodle. So it can go both ways for me. In my brain, it sounds really cute and adorable at first, but then I'm like, it also sounds very sexual and dirty. <laughs> ah! Sarah's making a very dirty um, hand gesture, and so is Liz. Uh, yeah, Toodle if you had Patreon, testies. you would see that. It's akin to – well, I can't even describe it. I'm not even going to describe that. You just have to watch. Um, okay. On a highway that runs over a river – there is a sign that says, take notice. When this sign is underwater, this road is impassable. <laughs> so helpful. <laughs> Thank you for letting us know. 
<laughs> I took notice. Thank you, Sign. <laughs> uh, Tokyo's hotel rules and regulations. Guests are required are requested not to smoke or do other disgusting. <laughs> or do other disgusting? Is that what you just said? It is. I didn't finish it. Other disgusting behaviors in bed. In bed? Oh my god! Really? It's not in bed. <laughs> no smoking or other disgusting behaviors in bed. <laughs> Uh, is there an asterisk to define what disgusting means? <laughs> I know that would be really good. <laughs> oh no! Oh boy, uh, they're really tootling these translations. Uh, um, <laughs> in an East African newspaper, a headline said. A new swimming pool is rapidly taking shape since the contractors <laughs> have thrown the bulk of their workers in. Ah! That's terrible. <laughs> Most terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. Hotel lobby in Bucharest. This lift. <laughs> Whew. This lift is being fixed for the next day. During, <laughs> during that time, we re <laughs> we regret that you will be intolerable. What? What word are they trying to use? They were trying to say that it would be unbearable for the guests, but they were saying it was untolerable. They guests were untolerable. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they're complaining about the elevator not working, and they probably are a little intolerable. So accidentally spot on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would call that one winning. <laughs> in a restaurant in Nairobi, there is a sign that says, customers who find our waitresses rude ought <laughs> Sorry. Customers who find our waitresses rude ought to see the manager. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen and non-binary folks out there, if you think Christina and I are inappropriate, you ought to see producer Liz. <laughs> oh, God. Liz's face looks like she knew. <laughs> <sighs> oh boy do you want to give me some i i seriously have four pages of these christina oh like, my god it's dangerous. maybe we need I an instagram so live hard. with like a lot of those or something yeah laughy hour mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay so abominable abominable this <laughs> word is really hard for me <laughs> Abominable snowman. Abominable. <laughs> Abominable. <laughs> I'm gonna try and that was actually me that. being seriously excited. I know. I heard that asshole. I got it. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I felt that from you, Sarah, and I heard that I got it. I'm gonna try and hold on to that pronunciation because there's a couple times where I have to say it again. You got this. I believe in you. <clears throat> According to the Oxford Dictionary, English Dictionary. The phrase abominable, abominable, abominable. You had it. You had it. Abominable. God damn it. <laughs> it really is a tongue twister. Abominable. Boom. There you go. Okay. Oh, yeah. I know. Okay. That phrase dates back to 1921 when it was coined by an English journalist named Henry Newman. That was an easy name for me to say. I appreciate you, Henry Newman. <laughs> <laughs> Newman was reporting for the Times newspaper from Darjeeling in India, where he interviewed several members of an expedition to Mount Everest led by explorer Sir Charles Howard Burry. While on I the think Mount I know this. Oh, really? 
Okay, so while on the mountain, the expedition team had apparently spotted a set of enormous human-like footprints in the snow, which the local Sherpa guides told Newman they immediately recognized as belonging to a legendary monster known locally as Meto Kangmi. In his report, Newman interpreted this name as meaning abominable snowman. Baba Okay, so he interpreted it as that phrase. But while his reading of the Tibetan word Kangmi, meaning, meaning snowman, was correct, his interpretation of meto, it's M-E-T-O-H, is actually much closer to the meaning of dirty, scruffy, or disheveled than it is ad- ab- abominable. <laughs> Nevertheless, Newman's version of the name actually stuck and has ne- not actually been renamed ever since. Can you imagine us calling it a dirty snowman? It doesn't have any meaning. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure a dirty snowman is is like what you would call someone as a mean homeless remark. Yeah, or like Liz looks like she's ready to say something. Ah! Right in, <laughs> right in you wouldn't then you wouldn't have any problem pronouncing it. I know, and it would it be was wonderful. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that scruffy because snowman over there. <laughs> I can say he that. He hasn't done a good shape of the feet in a while, and <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think I can pronounce it. Abominable. Did I just say no, it? No, you didn't. No, Abomin- no, did no. I missed a syllable. Yeah, abominable, abominable, abominable. You missed the bull in the middle. Ah, it's hard. All right, we're just going to move on. (laughs) I can't believe I can say it. Someone should correct me and put me in my place on Instagram. I'm I'm telling you. No, you're saying it right. And I feel like you always say words way better than I do. Today I was reading a contract and they used their, um, their, like, acronym or whatever for the contract and it was bdf and the whole time i kept reading it as big fucking deal and i bfd and i laughed the whole way through and i could not handle it oh it was tara from the scary movie project Uh, (laughs) laughed the whole way through i've never enjoyed a contract so much in my my life so i i am not perfect by any means (laughs) well I didn't call you perfect, but I said you read words better than I do. I think you are perfect in many ways. No, no. <laughs> um, okay, do you want to read like one last one, sir, and then we take a break? Sure. Um, okay. <laughs> this one seems appropriate. Cool. <laughs> On a menu in a Swiss restaurant, it says, are Oh, gosh. It's already starting. Our wines leave you nothing. <laughs> Our wines leave you nothing to hope for. <laughs> Maybe the next day. <laughs> but, like, in the moment, you feel very hopeful on wine. <laughs> <laughs> The next day is when you're hopeless, shameful, and regretful. <laughs> uh, I guess so. I guess that's actually true. The wines do leave you that way. I mean, it seems pretty accurate to me. Mm-hmm. It is pretty accurate. We need a T-shirt that says that. <laughs> oh my god! All right, and on that note. Um, <laughs> We're all going to go get a refill on my wine together uh, somehow. Hopefully, we're not terrible leaving exit you. to break. <laughs> no, just you know. Hopefully, we're not leaving you with, full of regret and remorse and depression and all that stuff. <laughs> Without anything to hope for. Please come back. There's something to hope for. <laughs> I'll be back for sure. <laughs> Me too. All right, we will be right back on Laughing with Ginger's Hang Tight, y'all. 
Oh, no. And we are back on Laughing with Genders. Christina, you're saying, oh, no, while I'm bringing us back in. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I'm shocked. I told them on a, on the break that I had a confession about our game last week, which was Crazy State Laws. Um, the episode is called Don't Pee on the Alamo. Um, so, um, <laughs> But, like, really, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. It can result in prison time in addition to fines. It's just not a great plan. Um, if you don't, have to, you'll, pee, you'll set yourself don't up for pee failure. On the Alamo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you a bad, in bad plan. You can bad be plan. In it. Uh, yeah, I think they have bathrooms. I mean, they must yeah, have. I'm they sure. have. How long was the grandstand at the Alamo? Like, okay, as a Texan, I'm ashamed to say I can't remember. Like a week or something. It was a oh, mission. I thought it was so, like thirty days. Maybe it was. I don't. I don't remember. But it was a mission. They had. There was. I could be way there. wrong. Yeah. I mean, it's also a monument. They have. They have bathrooms at every monument. I live in yeah. D.C. I can tell you that from experience. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. I got thirteen through- days. Oh, I was closer. Thirteen days. Mm-hmm. Or actually, I mean, oh. we kind of, we kind of like fifty fifty. Yeah. Yeah, we split the middle guys. there. Guys. We did. High we five! Did. Woo. Cheers, Hey-o. Christina. Better together. Better together every time. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I realized when I got through at least three quarters, maybe like five eighths of the way through, mm-hmm. that. I was saying the wrong state first every time and then the right state second every single time. Oh, my God. I did not even uh, realize I am the world's biggest idiot. (laughs) If you listen back, you'll be like, oh, my God, she's so not crafty. And I've been thinking she is. (laughs) (laughs) So you said – the right state state on the second one for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. Let me count the ones you didn't. <laughs> one, two, three, four was when you <gasps> said it on the first one. The rest of them was the second one was Oh the my god, answer. I could have been winning that whole well, wait, I did win. Well you did win. You got you but got I could have like slam dunked win. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I could have won put one. Me to shame. And I talked shit on that one, so. <laughs> and you talked shit on the strategy that you were trying to pick apart when Liz came on and did her overtaking of our episode. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. I sure did. And, and that, I go. thought of that too. And I was like, man, if Liz looks at this, she's going to be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a strategy, I just, though. I mean, it's like a teacher doing Bs for all the answers and freaking out their students or something. Oh, my God. That's so true. Yeah, I, I would have chalk it up to a strategy. Mm-hmm. So here's why that happened. Because remember, the first couple, I chose states that were too similar. Yeah. So then I had to pull up a list of states so that I wasn't accidentally, like, screwing you by that standpoint. Mm. So then I was looking at the list of states and then I was reading like the thing of the state that said it. Oh my God. Behind the scenes shenanigans. Yeah. Accidental shenanigans. But you know, I I have to own it because, Mm -hmm. you know, I did it. Listen, I'm not going to look it. for a pattern the next time we play a game. I'm telling you this right now. I won't remember that and won't do it. In the moment, I'm going to go with my gut because that's how I always – that's how I live life. Fly by the well, seat of my gut. <laughs> and to that point, um, if you were to walk into a hotel elevator in Paris, it would say, leave your values at the front desk. <laughs> I do that every time, so. (laughs) (laughs) That needs to be in the, like, entrance of a bar. (laughs) Leave your values at the hostess station. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> we don't need them here. We don't need them. <laughs> oh my god. Um, a menu in Vienna listed fried milk, children sandwiches, roast cattle, and boiled sheep. Oh, I mean, it's not wrong. But those are weird ways to describe food. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've had fried cheese. I mean, if it was- It's a mozzarella it was, stick. It's a mozzarella stick. Yeah. So, um, but I would say if it was veal, I could I could see the children's sandwiches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That isn't real. That's not real. I hope they're not eating children. <laughs> I would think not. <laughs> um, and last one, then I'm going to turn it back over to you. Hotel in Japan, you are invited to take advantage of the chambermaid. And Christina, you're up. <laughs> oh, not appropriate. Well, you left your values, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you left your values at the front desk. <laughs> oh my god! Oh shit! Okay, um, let's see. Mm, this one's real interesting. Okay, this is called Japan's Valentine's Day tradition. So, have you ever wondered why Valentine's Day is just as much a holiday in Japan in relation to other cultural holidays? <laughs> I have never wondered that myself, but... <laughs> I've never wondered that because I did not know that. <laughs> Me neither. Okay. <clears throat> the root of the craze is traced back to 1968 where chocolate companies started mimicking Western traditions and customs. An apparent mistranslation in terms of context arose when board execs thought that Valentine's Day was done in Western states where the men received gifts from the women rather than the opposite at the time. So marketing campaigns, unaware of the original tradition of men <laughs> giving chocolates to women that they sought after, started the idea of giri choco, or obligation chocolate, which implied that chocolate giving was customary for women to give to their significant others in Japan, which then prompted thousands of Japanese women to follow on the supposed Western custom. It gets better. <laughs> Aren't Valentine's Day chocolates already obligation chocolates? They're just given from men to women. Yeah. In Japan, it's women to men. It's called Giri Choco. They're obligation chocolates. I think that's what it's translated to, Giri Choco, obligation chocolates. <laughs> oh, my God. That's okay. the greatest thing. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. So you thought, no, nope. <laughs> Don't be sorry. So if you thought this was a mistranslation with a happy ending for the companies, it wasn't so much for their male customers. To catch up with the trend, later on in 1970, companies started to market March 14th as a follow-up to boost sales and labeled it White Day as a way for those who received chocolates on Valentine's Day to give back the chocolates they received in the form of candles and biscuits or candies and biscuits. But as years, as white years, day. white day. But as years moved is, on, what? No, yeah, no, just no. But as the years moved on from confectionaries, white day has grown past simple treats to get this expensive gifts and jewelry. So blame marketing and mistranslation for the birth of two unintended cultural trends that persisted. And are still current today. So somehow the women still made it about jewelry and expensive gifts. <laughs> oh my God. I know. I know. It's hilarious. White Day is an unacceptable name for a holiday <laughs> in this yeah, day and age. It is. But hey, it's great for <laughs> Japanese women. They get jewelry and expensive gifts March 14th. <laughs> Oh my god. I know. Two oh completely made up holidays basically. Okay. How many people do you think break up with their significant other before Valentine's Day and White Day? I mean, because before would be a better time or than between. after. 
or between. <laughs> the guy like, was, you get no, your the gift. Guy waits. The guy waits for February 14th because, hey, oh, he gets the gift and then breaks up with her. Boom. Doesn't and have he to gets the, the deliverable from the obligatory. Obli- uh, obligatory. Wait, no. Now obligatory I chocolate. Obligatory. Yeah. It's like, oh, God, I'm saying Yeah, I was going to say obligation and I stopped myself halfway through. <laughs> obligation chocolate. I once broke up with uh, a boyfriend after Christmas, like literally a few days after Christmas, and my mom's like, why didn't you do it before Christmas? <laughs> I gave him a gift already. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know. I gave him a gift too. Damn it. <laughs> As a December 29th birthday, I <laughs> maybe could have waited until the 30th, and then I still would have gotten two gifts, <laughs> or he would have gotten really shamed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh God! But you were doing what your heart said was right, Christina. Yeah, I I did. It was right. You probably broke up with him on my birthday. Probably did. Probably did. All right. I, mean, I, now I have, we can an, celebrate I have two, two more things. left. I have two more left. Okay. I mean, I literally have pages, so I'll just fill in the gaps. Oh. Um. <laughs> Pun in pun not intended, but very much appreciated. <laughs> um, um, all right, you want to go? You want to okay. fill in a couple of uh, gaps here? <laughs> sure. Outside a dress shop in Paris, there is a sign that says "dresses for street walking." Ah! <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> you know. That is some good clean marketing right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you tell it like it is. Mm-hmm. Um, in a Rhodes tailor shop, there is a sign that says, order your summer suits because is big rush and we will execute customers in a strict rotation. <laughs> ah! A sign on a car in Manila, the Philippines. Uh, it said "car and owner for sale." Ah! Ah! <laughs> I think that's I'm an not angry sure that spouse. That was a mistake. <laughs> angry spouse. <laughs> I don't even care anymore. Get rid of the car and you. <laughs> You can go be someone's chambermaid, honey. (laughs) In a hotel in Zurich, it says, because of the impropriety of entertaining guests of the opposite sex in the bedroom, it is is suggested that the lobby be used for this purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. And I hope you take note of this before we go speak at Podcast Movement in Nashville in August. Um, There is an airline in Copenhagen whose ticket office says, we take your bags and send them in all directions. (laughs) I'm carrying on. I'm carrying on. (laughs) In Bangkok, there is a dry cleaners who says, drop your trousers here for best results. What is trousers supposed to be? I think it's for best sewing results. Oh. <laughs> I don't think trousers is the wrong word. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. That's my rascally laugh. <laughs> <laughs> there is an advertisement by a Hong Kong dentist that says, Teeth extracted by the latest Methodists. Ah! Those Methodists are so good at extracting teeth. (laughs) But only the ones who have recently converted. Yeah. Not the old school ones. Or were just born. Oh, yeah. There you go. (laughs) And then I'm going to throw this to you after another detour a detour sign in Japan that says, stop, drive sideways. 
I just pictured Mario Kart going really fast and like stopping and doing like the Tokyo Drift. That's what I pictured. (laughs) Oh my God. All right. Well, I'm taking you back to in history to the Boxer Rebellion. What's that you say? Yeah, I didn't know it either. But China's Wait, does it have to do with Boxing Day? No, it doesn't. Mm Mm-mm. This is China's Boxer Rebellion. So it's an uprising that took place at the end of the Qing Dynasty between 1899 and 1901. It takes its name from an English mistranslation of the of the name of the anti-imperialist group who instigated this whole like uprising, right? So the group's name was not going to pronounce it, but it meant United Righteousness Militia. I can say that. Oh, come on. Give it a go. Oh, my God, you guys. Okay. The group's name was uh, – it- <laughs> Oh, it was uh, e? Yeah, No, no, no. It was Yuhituan or it was Ihituan. <laughs> you know what? I'm buying it. It's so I don't know cringy. which one it is. But- it's so cringy. Okay. So – The meaning was United Righteousness Militia. In English, however, this was mistakenly interpreted to mean United Righteous Fists. (laughs) As a consequence, the uprising was then interpreted from fist to boxer and then called the Boxer Rebellion. So they combined United Righteous instead of Righteousness and made that rebellion and then turned fist into boxer. And so yep. the English journalists who reported on it and the and the name just like stuck. We can be so embarrassing as English speakers. I know. I know. I know. It's terrible. It's it's terrible. God, we can ruin things for people, like really ruin them. Oh, you want it let me tell you this this last one I have, you'll see how much we can ruin things for people. So this is Pepsi. And they're reincarnating products. <laughs> so uh, a branding issue came out uh, with Pepsi in their Pepsi generation slogans. Like, do you remember they were doing, oh, Pepsi, uh, yeah, the new generation. That was right around the um, clear Pepsi. Yeah, yeah. That's That show is weird. Talk about yeah. an epic fail. Uh, yeah, that's an epic fail. But so- Coke jumped right on the bandwagon. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I, were they trying to mimic Chris, uh, Canadian Clear or whatever, or clearly Canadian? Maybe you would you would have a better sense of that as a marketing expert than I would. Well, anyway, also as someone who was born, you know, lived in those days. Anyway, okay, I did too. <laughs> I know, but like I was older by a year and a half. No, no, I am like four years older than you. No, you're not. I'm not? No. What year were you born? Well, we just discussed my birthday is December 29th, so the math is misleading, but I was born in 82. Oh, my God. Why did I think you were four years younger than me? I don't know. We just had this conversation the other day when you got all mad somebody called you millennial. (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't get mad. Aaron got mad. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Erin, who has been on the podcast, who is an accessibility educator. Yeah. Me and her are both 80s kids, like born in 1980. Same. I know. That's what's so weird about it is I – anyway, okay. I'm digressing. (laughs) Anyway, here's what I'm saying. I can't keep numbers in my head. So (laughs) back to Pepsi generation slogans. So though many sources depict its roots in China, other sources reveal it – it to have been a German mistranslation, while a few others tell a different origin. But the urban legend goes that Pepsi's slogan at that time encouraged. <laughs> What's so funny? Sorry. Keep going. I was just doing the math in my head. Go ahead. Oh my God. Okay. Of how ridiculous this is. Go yeah. ahead. Okay. So the urban legend goes that Pepsi's slogan at the time encouraged consumers to buy their product as it, quote, helps them come alive, end quote. Hilarious mistranslations of the slogan prompted to a drop in sales when it was shipped off to China. 
The Chinese apparently read the translation as, quote, bringing your dead ancestors back to life, end quote. (laughs) (laughs) Though some might think of it as a viral advertising, it was not Pepsi's intention at all. The slogan's key thrusts of, quote, come alive with Pepsi, end quote, a word-for-word translation of the slogan could just as easily turn into, quote, this will raise the dead, end quote, showing the precision and care that must be taken into consideration to avoid multi-million dollar marketing mistakes. Maybe, you know, try translating some stuff (laughs) before you ship it over there and not bringing your dead ancestors back to life and end quote. I have always thought this about Red Bull because their thing is Red Bull gives you wings. Yeah. It could so easily be mistranslated into Red Bull kills your like family members (laughs) or whatever Mm. kills you. What? Why? How? I don't understand. (laughs) Because remember the original commercials, there were like people who like would fall over like they were (gasps) dead. Oh, yeah. And And they float up with wings. You're right. It like little angels flying up to heaven. I have always wondered how that didn't happen. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're totally right. Well, because – because Pepsi already like took the bringing your dead ancestors back to life. <laughs> Liz unmuted herself to accidentally laugh right in her mic <laughs> very quietly and tried so hard not to make a sound, but I just couldn't let it go because I mean, I am who I am. <laughs> I don't even know why I unmuted myself. I had nothing to say. <laughs> You just needed to let your loud laugh loose. Like you had to – it's it's healthy. It needed wings. (laughs) Yeah, it needed wings. That loud laugh just needed wings. (laughs) That's all I got. All right. Um, There is a building in South Africa that says on on the side of it, Mental Health Prevention Center. <laughs> That's good. Uh, there are instructions on a Korean flight that says, upon arrival at the airport, please wear your clothes. <laughs> what do they mean to say? I always want to know what they mean to say. Like, please wear your I don't know. I would say mask in this day and age, but. I mean, we are looking at Asia, so there is a possibility that they were recommending you wear a mask Mm -hmm. um, because there might have been pollution at this specific airport. Mm -hmm. Um, But I personally have gotten naked on an airline flight in my seat um, (laughs) because I needed to. So, okay. Mm -hmm. So I, and I Mm -hmm. recommend everyone does this part of it, not the getting naked part. So (laughs) when I am on an overnight flight or like a really long flight where I need to sleep, Mm -hmm. I change into pajamas Mm. and I – because it resets your brain into thinking like, okay, I'm not just going to sit up and watch like all of the movies on here and then be jet lagged as all get out. Mm -hmm. It resets your brain. I mean, my mom's flight attendant, like I've got a few tricks in my back. Unfortunately, I did not wake up till we were on descent and my pajamas were not like ideal to wear off the plane. It would have been a little embarrassing. They were Mm. just like – it was sweats, but it was like – I don't know. They had like polar bears on them or something. Like it would have made me look like a Mm five-year-old walking off a flight. Of people of Walmart. Four (laughs) years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Four years ago. Um. So I did – I put the blanket over my lap. I did a quick pants changeroo and then I put the blanket over my top and I did a quick shirt changeroo and then we landed and I was ready to go. Oh, my God. <laughs> Boom. Done. Ready to take on the world. Maybe the most innocent way of getting naked on an airline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very innocent. <laughs> uh, nobody knows that story except Philippe, who because I jumped over. This is it was an empty flight, and it was a seven forty seven. So I took the five seats in the middle, mm. and I used that as a whole bed, which is how I slept so great. Ooh, Philippe yeah. refused to jump over and take part of it with me, 
So he sat in the two seats we originally had, did not sleep. And when I was doing this, was looking at me like, she has a like dumb open mouth look on her. Yeah. Dumb. Yeah. yeah. Open mouth, wide eyes. Like, what the fuck are you doing, Sarah? Like, so embarrassed to even know me look on his mm-hmm. face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And speaking of, um, there is a menu in Greece that says ice cream in the ass as an option for dessert. Oh, <laughs> is that like that's not against the law, like wearing ice cream in your back pocket? <laughs> I have referenced that about uh, – I have referenced that law so many times. <laughs> that Yeah, that's on our episode like two episodes ago or something. One of the laws is don't wear ice cream in your back pocket or you will get arrested. Yeah, weird yes. laws. It should be yeah. the episode before this one. Oh, yeah, episode yeah. before, yeah. Don't pee on the Alamo is what it's yeah. called. yeah. yeah. In an Athens hotel, there is a sign that says visitors are expected to complain at the office between the hours of 9 and 11 a.m. daily. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually almost done, and I really, really don't mind sharing these, um, the rest of these quickly. In India, at the airport, there is a sign that says eating carpet is strictly prohibited ah! that by the airport meaning. authority. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. And in case you were ever wondering what was in your meatballs, um, <laughs> at a buffet in um, – in Arabic, they had translated directly to English, which said, Paul is dead, um, which was translated from um, from the word meatball, and the employees at this hotel did not know that meatball is not, in fact, an Arabic or Kurdish word. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> If you're ever wondering what to serve your enemies, I recommend the Syrian paralysis cheese. What? <laughs> oh, what it was supposed to be. <gasps> That's so weird. Um, and then there there is I think this is in based on the um what their language looks like. I'm Guessing it's Cambodia. It could be Vietnam. Um, At a teeth cleaning location, it says Nazi Dental Laboratory. (laughs) What? Nazi is like a very world-known word. I feel like yes. I do. I really do. How do you translate that into something not any other meaning but Nazi? So weird. Some of these, I wonder if it's like a spelling thing. Like they spell mm. it out like into, you know, especially when they use characters as opposed to um, letters. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that's like translating numbers into letters mm-hmm. in American brain deadedness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um. And I'm going to leave you with this one. Please don't touch yourself. Let us help you or try to. Thanks. (laughs) Good to know. (laughs) Well, on that note, (laughs) thanks for joining us on Laughing with Gingers. We hope you learned some very valuable lessons today about things you should and should not do while traveling or eating in restaurants. Um, you know, let people help you when you need to touch yourself. It's very important. <laughs> we aim to please here at Laughing with Gingers and educate the masses. <laughs> we also love to laugh loudly. Uh, and share stories, play games, spread silliness, and joy. (laughs) 
yeah. So follow us on Instagram at Laughing with Gingers, and we'll post photos from the stories that we shared today. And also, um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, lots of good stuff. There are some that I haven't shared yet, but they really just don't translate into reading. They you need to see the sign. So Liz, producer Liz, who shall remain named, will post them on Instagram. She looked Ooh. very excited that she just got called attention to. Um, also, shout out to producer Liz. She's amazing. <laughs> I was like a little puppy. <laughs> and you can send us funny stories, episode ideas, and just general fun shit on Instagram or reach out to us by email at laughingwithgingers at gmail.com. And you can also support us on Patreon and get access to all kinds of goodies there, including behind-the-scenes content. We've got different membership levels, so check us out at patreon.com slash laughingwithgingers. And we have merch. You can get your very own I'm on airport time that maybe you'll take off on the airplane and put back on under a blanket (laughs) while sitting in a five-seat row by yourself. (laughs) (laughs) and your husband can judgmentally look at you. Um, (laughs) So you can grab all of that um, at laughingwithgingers.com and you can find out awesome upcoming events that we have um, like Podcast Movement 2021 where we're speaking in Nashville about recording live to tape. Um, And oh, we have an upcoming webinar we're leading too about live to tape. That's right. On July 14th. and we also post our laughy hours and things there too. So um, you can join us for all kinds of fun. Yay. And tune in to Laughing with Gingers next week for some more good times. We will be talking about ginger glitches, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I hate that word. And now I ruined the outro. <laughs> oh, God. And with that, we are out of here. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Part of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network.